Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, starring hmm. the Holy Spirit, hopefully. <laughs> and I, I was where that was going to go. Facilitated by Paul yeah. Anderson, Nate Johnstone, and the number six. And I'm um, Paul Anderson, and the other guy who's speaking is Nate. I am Nate. You're right. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. It is, oh man, one of my favorite topics. I, as I would love to say as much as the Holy Spirit loves talking about Jesus, I love talking about the Holy Spirit, but I, I know that he definitely beats me. Um, but we've been talking about and looking at Scripture. It's been a lot of Bible study the last few weeks, but we've been looking at Scripture for what does the Holy Spirit do? Who is this Holy Spirit guy? Is he just a bird? Is he something more? What's the deal? Jesus had a lot to say about him, which we went through the last couple of weeks in John 14 through 16. So, Paul, what else can we learn about the Holy Spirit? Oh my, bunches and bunches. But uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, a couple gifts of the Holy Spirit and you can talk as well as I about these things. So we'll, we'll interrupt each other as we uh, mm -hmm. talk about two prominent gifts. They both show up in Pentecost. It says, uh, quoting from Joel, your sons and your daughters shall, hear that, prophesy. You don't prophesy. need to, hear to prophesy. You can prophesy if you're a lady or if you're a man. What? And you can speak in tongues. What? And the gift of tongues is for today. And there are some remarkable things said about the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that the Corinthian saints had some real problems. They were sure. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Yes. And he, he said... They, they were wondering whether or not orgies were okay. So right there you know. <laughs> they're, they're not as far along on the sanctification process. Um, as maybe the Galatians were, but <laughs> they had some growing to do. They did, which is okay because God takes us where we are, and then He moves us closer to Him from there. That's and, right. And they 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 had a lot of growing to do yet, but at it, least it seems as though they're asking the questions. And they did is, ask, which is important. Yeah, I'm and gonna, so Paul answers them. <laughs> I'm going to quickly wing my way through First Corinthians just to give you a, a running start in the First Corinthians 12. It says in the uh, first chapter that uh, Paul is thanking God in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, <clears throat> excuse me, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So they were gifted people. They had gifts of the Spirit. How are they doing with that? Very poorly. Mixed, yeah. There were lots of division. Paul says in chapter uh, 3, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants. They're little babies. They need to grow up. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. So here is a community that... They do not have a lot of mature believers. They need a lot of help. And so mm -hmm. Paul is running to give them help. There was sexual immorality in the church. There was incest. 
their their uh, communion services spilled over into orgies sometimes. Incredible problems. So so Paul is addressing those issues in the first six chapters, and then he says, now concerning the things, the matters about which you wrote. So they wrote and they asked questions. They had questions about marriage and about the single life. So we answered those in chapter seven, verse uh, chapter eight. Now concerning food offered to idols. So he deals with that question and, mm -hmm. and uh, related matters. Then in chapter 12, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Okay, now we're getting to what he talked about in the beginning, that they're not lacking in the gifts. They just didn't know how to use them. Mm -hmm. So what he could have said, and what some people would maybe be inclined to say, we don't need the gifts. You're messing up these so bad. Especially if it was that if it was as messy as it apparently was in Corinth, yes. you would actually, I would expect Paul to say that. No more gifts, no more tongues, because no more you, prophesying. You, you don't want to trust someone to prophesy over non-believers if that person may or may not be into orgies, <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, w wouldn't a leader say, you know what, knock all that off. But, mm -hmm. but surprisingly, Paul does not. He, he answers misuse, not with disuse, but with proper use. Yeah. So he's correcting it rather than uh, throwing it out. So he talks in chapter 12 about the use of gifts. And then in chapter 13, we call it the love chapter. You know, it's a chapter about the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's a chapter about the... the uh, the, the motivation for using the gifts, it must be out of love or else it amounts to approximately zero. Then he brings those two together when he says, pursue love in chapter 14, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You know that word, zelao, zeal. Be zealous for. So he's not saying we're going to put them on, uh, we're going to shelve them so you guys can get some order in your church. But he, he says, we do pursue love. That's the motivation. What's the manifestation? Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And then he's going to talk primarily about two gifts. I, I think this verse is... So important, Paul. I mean, I found it very useful in teaching about this topic. I'll, I'll look at one previous thing in Corinthians where it says, you know, do this. Do you guys agree with that? Do you do that? Do you obey what the Bible says about this? You do. Good. How about this one? Do you obey what the Bible says about that? Good. Well, here the Bible says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. There you go. How you doing on that? Are you obeying scripture and eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts? Mm -hmm. Be honest and think about it. And listeners, you can think about it too. Are you eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts? Are you eagerly desiring to be a part of healing, prophecy, tongues? Are you eagerly desiring these things? Or are you actively avoiding these things? Mm -hmm. Or are you afraid of these things? Or are you open to these things? This is the big response I often get. I'm open to them. If God wanted me to do that, I'm okay with that. That's not what the Bible says, though. Mm -mm. God doesn't say, when I feel like it, I will force you to do stuff. It says, earnestly desire. 
It doesn't say be okay with in a really passive way. Again, like we talked about last week, ask, 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 ask. Jesus says that all the time. We have to ask. Well, here's another one. Paul actually raises the bar a little more. Don't just ask. You should eagerly desire this stuff. And that's, that's something that the Holy Spirit convicts me of even sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten a little slack. I've gotten a little lazy maybe. Maybe I'm not eagerly desiring them like I should. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, help me to eagerly desire your gifts more. And do you know what I found, Paul? He has answered that prayer surprise. every single time. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. So, so what are the gifts that Paul, Paul then goes on to talk about a couple specific gifts here in 1 Corinthians 14 and contrasts them. Um, what are these gifts? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. We're in 1 Corinthians 14 again. Yes, and I want to say something personal before doing that because you uh, aroused that by what you said. I have not had the gift of discernment. Uh, mm. and, and so I would bring people with me. I, uh, Roy Jones was a member of our church, and when someone had some incident happening at midnight with their children hearing doors creaking or shadows in the night, uh, we would be invited to come over, and I'd always bring Roy over because he had the gift of discernment. I knew it. I'd seen it, and uh, he'd almost sniff around as we walked through the house, and I'd look over at him, and he'd confirm, yes, there's a presence of darkness here, and then I would anoint the doors, and we would pray. We would command the demons to leave, and we never got invited back because it worked. It it, it worked, but I didn't see myself as one gifted in the area of discernment. And then I was invited to speak to pastors in Tanzania, and they asked me to speak on uh, disarming and defeating dark spirits. Oh, okay. Mm. I hadn't dealt with that subject much before, but I really studied up, and I was prepared, and I did some speaking and some delivering. Then I came home, and the next four days, four days in a row, I did deliverance with people, and I think the Lord was being mm. merciful to me and saying, Paul, I wanted you to step into this. It's a gift of the Spirit, discernment, and I wanted you to be more discerning. And so, thankfully, that has grown inside of me, that the Holy Spirit loves to give these gifts to us. The ones that he speaks most about in chapter 14. In chapter 12, he lists about eight of them. Mm-hmm. But here there are, And I don't think that's an exhaustive list either, but he does think, list a bunch there. Yeah. Uh, in chapter 14, he talks on about two primary gifts, the gift of prophecy, which is speaking to people from God, and the gift of tongues, which is speaking to God. He that speaks in a tongue uh, speaks not to men, but to God. So it's like prayer. Mm-hmm. It's prayer that I don't understand unless I have the gift of interpretation, mm-hmm. but it's prayer that uh, God receives. And the wonderful thing, there, there are several wonderful things about the gift of tongues. It's remarkable. A passage that we could easily gloss over, it says, he that speaks in a tongue, builds himself up. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? That sounds great. 
Uh, do you know anyone that could use some building up? Mm -hmm. Do you have any friends, any family members, anybody that could use some edification, anybody that's been torn down by their workplace, by life, by school? This is an incredible promise. If I speak in tongues, I am built up. Oh, <clears throat> okay, how long should I speak in tongues? How long do you want to be built up? How much do you <laughs> want to be built up? You can do it for 10 minutes. You can do it for an hour, but if I am being built up, I need that. I need edification. I am yep. torn down by life. I'm Absolutely. torn down by my own doubts that I have. And so this wonderful, incredible gift is happening. I don't understand what I'm saying, but I don't need to. Mm -hmm. I'm having a spiritual workout when I'm yep. speaking in tongues. And yeah. these are these are gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? That's what Paul calls them. So when this is when tongues is taking place, it means that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is praying through you to God the Father. Yes. Right? Now, yeah. who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want God the Holy Spirit to intercede on their behalf mm -hmm. for the Lord? I I think we all could use that, couldn't we? Absolutely. It's not, it's not us making up words or babbling or whatever. It's the Spirit of God. Now, there are various kinds of tongues, and the kind we're talking about at the moment is what I grew up calling a prayer language. That, that's, that's what I grew up calling it was a prayer language because it's, it's a form of prayer. The Holy Spirit is praying through us. Yeah. And I find it so helpful and useful because if i'm a, if if i feel that god is leading me into a time of prayer and i can tell this is going to be a long time of prayer i'm going to be praying for a little while great i start praying all the things i i try to follow the spirit leading in prayer but i run out of things to pray and it honestly doesn't take that long <laughs> i'm not all that smart um i run out of things to pray and it i cannot tell you how wonderful it is to have a gift of tongues and to be able to let the holy spirit pray through me Absolutely. When I run out of things to say. And the Bible says that. The Spirit prays through us in groanings that are too deep for words, things that we don't understand. And it allows the Spirit to ask for the things that I should be asking for and maybe aren't. Mm -hmm. And to proclaim the things that maybe I should be proclaiming, but I'm not right now. Mm -hmm. And so it, and it's, it's a real act of humility. I find, I find tongues to be a real act of humility because you are surrendering not just your heart to the Lord, but you're surrendering your body, surrendering mm -hmm. your mouth, which means you're surrendering your intellect because you have to get over the fact that you feel dumb mm -hmm. and you sound silly to yourself. I no longer think I sound silly. Mm -hmm. I got over that. But, but I get why some people have a really hard time stepping into tongues because a lot of us aren't great at humility and it takes an extra amount of humility. Yes to take up tongues. And so if you're having a hard time taking it up, if you're willing to maybe try it out, uh, but are having a tough time, get enough humility together <laughs> to just do it by yourself where no one else can hear you. And that's a good start. It's a wonderful Try it out. I encourage you to try it out. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If, when you try out tongues, I think you're, you're gonna find that, that you see tangible benefit. There are a lot of places where it works really well. It works well in the car when you're- yeah. You need to focus Absolutely. on your driving, but because your mind is disengaged, 
your mind, uh, Paul says, is unfruitful. Your spirit is at working, is working. Yep. And they've done tests. They have, yeah. On the brain waves, and that's flat, absolutely flat. There's more activity in your brain when you are meditating than when you are speaking in tongues. And that so it's fact. truly of the spirit rather than of the mind. I will pray with my mind, he says, and I will pray with my spirit. Both. And so when I'm working in the yard, I like to pray in tongues. Yep, I do it when I'm doing chores too. Yeah. In the house, doing chores outside, whatever. Because you can pray in tongues and your mind doesn't have to be fruitful. So why not pray in tongues while I do stuff? You are doing fruitful prayer and you are building yourself up. Come on! And, and, you're, and you're in a more general sense, you're just giving your, yourself to the Holy Spirit. You're giving your time, you're giving your mouth, you're giving your intellect, your mind to the Holy Spirit. And what I find, Paul, I don't know if you find, I actually do know. I'm, I, I know you also find this to be true. But I find that when I'm praying in tongues, I also will get revelation yeah. about something. I also will get... Um, a scripture that I was looking for and asking for and needed. I, I will also get an idea about something or, or like God, as God, the Holy Spirit is speaking through me to the Father, I find that he also speaks to me. And for some reason, when I'm speaking in tongues, I, I'm more open to that apparently. Mm -hmm. Or my mind is more open to receiving it. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not sure how it works. I'm sciencey minded, so I want to know the ins and outs of how it works, and I don't. Um, but I do know that it does work because it's happened hundreds of times. Yes, I'm not the only one. So it I is. Love talking about this because it's such an incredible gift. Someone yeah. uh, has said, "Well, it's the least of the gifts." And uh, okay, that's a good place to start. Then that's where it started in Pentecost. Yeah, start there. The least of the gifts of the infinite, almighty, divine God, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That still sounds awesome. That's yeah. like saying this is the least good ice cream in the store. <laughs> I'm still going to want it. You know, come on. Yeah. yeah. This is God we're talking about. I would happily take the least of his gifts. And it would be the best thing I've ever done. And, and like you, I love to pray with people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're sometimes afraid. They don't want to blaspheme, so they don't want to make any sounds. Yep. And I say to them, hey, you're not going to blaspheme. You're desiring God. You're desiring his gifts. Go ahead and start blubbering and, and open your mouth, and as you do, the Holy Spirit will turn it into a language. Is mm -hmm. it a language that people speak? Maybe, maybe not. Paul said, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels. So that suggests to me that sometimes we're speaking a known language and sometimes we're speaking a language, a heavenly language. I know mm -hmm. that there are at least two times when I spoke a language. Maybe you have some testimony of this as well. I was in Norway. I'll try to say these quickly. And I, had, uh, I was speaking to these Norwegian pastors uh, the day before I met this guy from Serbia, young guy in his 30s. And uh, so I spoke on the courage of Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, what we taped uh, a few weeks ago. And, and then I said, you divide into small groups and pray for one another. And as they were praying for one another, I was up in front, just walking back and forth. Just what I often do, if I have a moment, I just pray in tongues. 
the guy from Serbia came up and he said, just so you know, Paul was speaking my language and he was telling us to be bold in the spirit, hmm. which is what I just talked about. And so it was a, a wonderful confirmation to them and to me about the message that was just given. And so at that point, anyway, I was speaking a known language. The other mm -hmm. time that happened was when I was in Sioux City. I was praying for a Loatian pastor to be uh, filled with the Spirit and to have the gift of healing. I felt he was supposed to have it. And so I, pray, I took his hands and I spoke in tongues. And he stopped me and he said, you are speaking my language and you are telling me to be filled and to lay hands on people. So mm. God used that to encourage me and more to encourage him. I went back a month later and I said, how's it going? And he said, I've seen eight people healed. Wow. Awesome. So God confirmed the word. So, and that's, that's only happened to me once, Paul. I was okay. in Latvia with you. It was that uh, the time Wolfgang Simpson was there with us. Yes. And um, I was actually, I was praying in like a group of people, but not for a specific person. And I was praying in tongues because I didn't know what else to pray. And we all spoke different languages anyway. So, because um, it was an international gathering. And afterwards, a guy's like, did you know what you were praying or were you praying in tongues? And I said, I was, I was praying in tongues. I don't know what I was praying. And he said that what I was praying was the Jesus prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. And I was just praying that over and over again. And I was like, oh, cool. What language? And I, I honestly, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember what he said. But what he did say, um, he was from, from Europe. So he was somewhere around there. It could have even been Latvian. Um, probably was, actually. But what he said was, um, that was... God speaking to me. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, awesome. What, uh, why do you think that? You know? And he said, well, I grew up praying that prayer. We, we were a pietistic family. We really believed in God. And I grew up praying that prayer. And now I'm seeing all this stuff I'm not used to, the speaking in tongues and talking about prophecy and healing. And, and it's just, it's strange to me, but I feel drawn to it, but I'm a little scared of it. And so I was asking God, how can I reconcile what I'm seeing in this room right now with the God of my youth? And then I started praying oh. the prayer of his youth. Oh. And so he said that was the Holy Spirit speaking directly to me and saying, I am the same. I am the God of your fathers. I am the same God as raised you up as a kid. Now this is a new thing that you can step into in me. And Praise like, the Lord. I was like, well, that was so much better than any teaching I've done while I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I love yielding to the Holy Spirit, because he is better than me at literally everything there is. And so if I can allow him to work through me, it, it's selfish not to. Honestly. That really blesses me. I'm really glad to hear that, Nate. That's so yeah, I hadn't thought about that story in a really long time, Paul, until you just brought up the subject. Neat. So, so we want to encourage you to be open to speaking in tongues, and you can get the re get you can receive the gift on your own. Many people do. I know a lot of people who have, yeah. Yeah, or you can ask. Uh, you can call one of us. Uh, my number is six one two. You probably shouldn't do that, but they could email you. Pardon? They could email you, and you could give them your number. Ooh, sure. That would probably probably be less okay. litigious. Okay. So, do that. Email us, please. We'd love to pray. And why don't, why don't you pray for us now, Paul, to receive the gift of tongues? I, I know a lot of people who've received the gift of tongues in various ways. And 
I don't personally know anybody who's prayed for the gift who hasn't eventually received it. Um, I don't think that means everybody has to receive the gift of tongues, but I do think everybody can just based on the fact that I know a couple hundred and they all have. I know one where it took six months of seeking after God. And I think God was just using that as an opportunity to get that person to drive deeper into like, God, I really need you. And I really want to desire you. Um, but otherwise, everybody I've known who's asked for it has received it eventually. That's so wonderful. And why not today? Why not right now? Why not right now? Thank you, Father, that we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more do you, the Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And we know that when the Holy Spirit comes, one of the gifts that we see in the book of Acts that he brings with him, we see it four times and three times at least in chapter two, chapter nine, later on chapter 19, I think, or two, 10 and 19 maybe. We see the Spirit coming with the gift of speaking in tongues. And so we see that as an encouragement to ourselves to ask and to believe and why would we ask? Because it builds us up and it is prayer to you. And it is prayer that is perfect prayer for, by, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Mm -hmm. And so we say yes to you. We say yes today to this gift of speaking in tongues. And right now we let faith rise up within us. And we just begin to speak. Shora, Shora, Shora Hora, Shora Raharara, Shora Rakaharara, Shora Pakaka, Shera Takada Takada. And as Paul's praying in tongues, you can just open your mouth and you can just let the Holy Spirit speak through you. He doesn't he doesn't puppeteer, but he will speak through your spirit. Don't worry about what you're saying. Or if it makes sense to you or not, that's not important. Just give it a shot. Like a toddler who's learning how to walk, we're just learning how to get closer to the Lord and how to let the Holy Spirit work through us. So just open your mouth and start speaking. Give them faith, Father. Give them faith to believe that you're not overlooking them. You're including them. Mm-hmm pouring out the gifts of the Holy Spirit upon us. It's common to feel silly or to be a little self-conscious because it's something you've never done before. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But put that aside. Put aside that self-response and embrace humility. Be willing to feel a little silly. Be vulnerable. Speaking in tongues requires some vulnerability. Requires some humility. That's maybe part of the reason why it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I encourage you to continue doing that. Practice it. Practice it in the shower. If you do feel embarrassed, don't, don't be condemned by that. Um, practice it where people aren't going to hear you. And eventually, through praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit will build you up to the point where you're not embarrassed anymore. And you can do it in the worship service or whatever. And that's okay. Um, the, the only other thing I want to say about tongues, we're not going to get into it today, but I just want to address it, that there are multiple kinds of tongues, like we said. We've been talking primarily about the prayer language, 
Holy Spirit dialoguing with God through us. There's also a kind of tongue that is like a form of prophecy where you would do in a public meeting and you would stand up and give like a word of prophecy in a tongue and someone else then gets the interpretation for what that meant. Or maybe the same person gets the interpretation sometimes or another person. And so that is, and that's something Paul specifically talks about in 1 Corinthians 14 um, because apparently the Corinthians were doing that all over the place. And Paul's saying, look, that's not actually that fruitful because people coming in and hearing that, if there's no interpretation, it just sounds like babbling to them and it doesn't do much good. Just prophesy in, I was going to say English, just prophesy in Greek and, and, and that's better than prophesying in a tongue if there's not going to be a, uh, a translation. But he's, that's talking about that kind of gift of tongues, the kind we're talking about is perfectly okay to do in, in a worship setting or at a prayer meeting or whatever um, because it's different. I've run into that question a lot from people. The, the person up front is telling us to, to sing in tongues right now, but I thought we weren't supposed to do that unless there was an interpretation. I get that question a lot at these kind of meetings. And uh, I'm like, that's, that's talking about a different kind of thing. That's like a prophetic word in a tongue. And in my experience, those are fairly rare, um, probably because it requires a lot of faith to stand up and start speaking in a tongue. Any, anything you want to add to that, Paul? No, good. Great. So we're going to come back next week and I think keep looking at 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, talk about the other main gift he talks about in there, which is prophecy. Good. So join us again next week as we don't finish talking about the Holy Spirit, but we do continue talking about the Holy Spirit. All right. Have a great week. God bless. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.